We're back. We're back again, folks. Back in the in the pro wrestling time machine, the historic Oracle rides again as we return to the heated summer of 1996. A lot is going on. It's an understatement, right? And few summers in wrestling compared to this one. Um, and we're back. We're in August. Oracle, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just to, just to give everyone an update of where I am currently now. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, we we've we've got these. Uh, you know, we, you know, we kind of gave myself time. I took a long break, like we talked about a couple weeks ago when we when we jumped back in. I'm now in February '97. Let me tell you, folks, it's cooking in '97. It's cooking. That's the actual best year, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. both companies are doing their own thing in a great way. Yeah. Um, is '97 before? Just just a little little tease for it. Is '97 your favorite WWF year ever? It very well might be. Mm-hmm. Um, even in February, they're not necessarily getting everything. It's it's really clunky and almost glitchy, but they're like they're starting to sort of pieces of, mold yeah. itself into what it you know. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to watch. Um, We're excited to cover all that more. But first, August ninety six. Now, last time out, as you said, we returned last month, and WCW had their pretty their best month yet in this process, and I'd be their best month to this point in history. Um, Disney tapings. The NWO angle is underway and rolling. And now we're going to kind of build upon that. So best you can, Oracle, as usual, you know, we kind of set the stage this way. You know, where are we at here heading into to August 96? So <clears throat> what we have here is, uh, you know, the NWO invasion is is wholly underway. Um, currently it is uh, Hollywood Hogan and the Outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, the Disney tapings wrap up on uh, August 5th. Uh, which includes one of the all-time great promos from one Arn Anderson, which we will discuss oh, yes, we uh, will. in time this evening. Um, as they are uh, on the road to Sturgis, uh, including the great opening video to that yes. movie where they're just riding around on motorcycles across <laughs> the you know great American West. It's one of the finest. Uh, <laughs> Quite literal road to Sturgis in this case, right? True. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, um, there's a couple big shows here. Uh, Sturgis, of course, with Hog Wild. Mm-hmm. Of course, it would change its name to Road Wild uh, the following year, '97. But um, quite the event. And even though it was a ridiculous idea that ultimately ended up being silly, um. It did kind of serve to show how awesome it was back then, all these different settings. Yeah. That 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 really all the companies would go. ECW would have outdoor shows. WWF mm-hmm. would go like shotgun Saturday night for the first two months. Yeah. Just 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 the way the venues and stuff, dude, just looks so much more fucking cool, man. I know. It's far like, cry from today, right? It's just it's just yeah. the only venue that has that sort of neat look is Daly's place, which you know, obviously that yeah. got you know, it, even then, even with that long eighteen month run that they had, it still always had that night. You know, that neat look, especially in the summer with the with the, sure. you, know, you know at dusk or whatever. It was always pretty, yeah. but um, there's just there's there's nothing like it. Um, you know, there's there's really nothing like that anymore. Um, occasionally, you'll get a mania or, or a big dome show that'll look neat, but it's just I don't know. It's just one of those deals where like, man, these shows look awesome. 
Mm-hmm. But, um, and then, of course, later on, WCW has the Clash of the Champions, which we'll also talk about. I believe that was in that's in Denver, right? Am I, am I not mistaken? I think so, yeah. I think so. Uh, of course, it has Hogan and Flair. You know, we'll touch on mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, so, uh, which is a fascinating match. Um, <laughs> Indeed it is. If Hogan's trying to figure out how to work, you know, that as heel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll look again, you know, we'll touch on all that. But <clears throat> I, I was thinking about this today, you know, you know, kind of, preparing for the show in my head as I do. I, I actually don't, you know, actually <laughs> I probably don't do quite the research I should for, for these things. Um, I mean, I do enough, but you know, it's more like, okay, I, I'm sitting here and just sort of thinking about it, but um, from top to bottom on the card, WCW is excellent right now at this point. Mm-hmm. But as I'm into February 97, they really don't, oddly enough, don't hit that complete stride where everything seems to hit, you know, where 80, 90% of the stuff seems to hit yeah. until really about September or October. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still kind of, you know, they have all these great workers and stuff, but it's not, they're it's still like, kind of yeah. keeping their way out of the 95 gunk that they were dealing with before. Um, you know, and, 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 and they're still kind of finding their groove and, and kind of getting, getting out of that, you know, let's face it, ugliness. Um, uh, and in a lot of ways, the top of the card has always been excellent, really, since, mm-hmm. since Nitro, since we started this. But, you know, the undercard is really starting to kind of, you know, I'll talk about DDP, how he's picking up steam and stuff. It's, you know, they're really starting to finally kind of, it's it's not it's not fully in shape yet. You know? Right. It's not fully in shape. Got you. So let's, um, let's jump into to WCW kind of in detail now. Because they, they take another clean sweep here, right? Another clean sweep. It's like their full straight month for winning. Uh, before we do that, I want to quickly, um, Monty is asking for an interview. He says, your PR has not got back to me. I am your PR. Um, it comes at a price, right? Or a cool fair say. Right. I, mean, I don't want right. you know, to be crude on the air, but right. pay up a little bit yeah. and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see. Um, keep dreaming, pal. All right. <laughs> Let's get into World Championship Wrestling, Hurricane Live's favorite. Hogwild is where we'll start. As you mentioned, two events this month. So we'll kind of work through those in, in the mm-hmm. way we usually do. Let's start with the Hogwild main event. Uh, Hulk Hogan claims the WCW title opposite the Giant. Um, where the angle needed to go, perhaps not the match that is, you know, fitting for the storybook kind of arc. Yeah. What did you make of, of Hogan and the Giant and just the obvious direction of putting the belt on him? You know what's funny? Mm hmm. They never have a good match. <laughs> no, 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 listen, 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 listen. You can disagree, and that's fine. But they never yeah. have a completely terrible match. All that's their matches fair. are kind of just that. Well, Hogan's like, pretty they're, smart. They're, there's right? there's fun elements to all of yeah. them. Yeah, Hogan's pretty smart. And, and ultimately, yeah. they actually ended up having because of that. I think they ended up having good chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's like you can point to any of these other. Hogan, you know, feuds at the time, you know, especially Hollywood Hogan and, you know, during the NWO era that just, he, he might have some good matches with, with some of these guys, you know, scattered in and scattered. I mean, literally scattered, like, you know, a couple of ashes somewhere on there. Um, but <clears throat> in fairness, he worked pretty hard for the first year of this act. I think after after the Luger program in the summer '97, he really started to phone it in more and more. I would agree, yeah. Um, but uh, in fact, he was really working quite hard. Um, to to his credit, you know, as much as you know, Hogan would work hard. Um, but <clears throat> at least he was working hard to get heat, which he was very good at. Um, 
these matches aren't that they're not that bad mm-hmm. weirdly enough my favorite part of this match is actually giant hawking up if i'm not mistaken that's fun he hawks up in this if, if, if i'm not mistaken um, I think Hogan always wanted to do good by Paul too. I mean, I know he's he's mm-hmm. still Hogan, but obviously he was he's kind of he's a big part of his career and why he's even part of wrestling, right? So it kind of goes without saying. So yeah, it's right. the cool yeah. spot. I'm with you. Like the, the, uh, like that that spot always pops me because it's one of the few times that the crowd actually like you know all these like non wrestling fans <laughs> <laughs> actually pop for, 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 for you know for when the giant hawks up because you know I'm sure most of these people are at least you know, sort of familiar adjacent to Hogan, right? Right. So like when they see the other guy, you know, and they and they maybe have an idea kind of that Hogan's sort of being a heel, although he's getting cheered most of the time. But when the guy, you know, when Giant hulks up, it's kind of neat. Um the match is really obviously again not good, but it's 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 not that bad. The finish, of course, is um very famous. Um beat him up, beat down at the end. Um they spray paint NWO on the belt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in one of the more <laughs> amusing, <laughs> they do this horse shit sometimes. Like, this was kind of the beginning. This was, in fairness, Bischoff, Sullivan, they did their best to try to, to, try to tie, away, tie off and, and close up all these loose ends. Yep. Beefcake comes out with a cake. <laughs> it's awesome. And he comes out and he's got the NWO cake, whatever it is. And, celebrating and he thinks he's going to be part of the crew and you know the outsiders and hogan whip his ass and he gets his shit kicked out of him and and they and then hogan later on you know we'll get to the flare match because this great promo he goes if i do that to my best friend what do you think i'd do to you which i thought was a great promo mm-hmm. um but uh just just a very entertaining and amusing post-match um of course the very you know the legendary parts the spray painting of the the classic big gold belt with the NWO uh, letters uh, and black spray paint, but uh, very much a pivotal moment in the history of wrestling in a lot of ways was the main event mm-hmm. of that show. Um, gonna, you, know, you know, Hogan's got the title back, but he's a heel now. And, and they're from this point on, they're kind of off and running and, and new members mm-hmm. and, and the NWO will build and build and build too much in terms of adding people. But uh, you know, we'll, We'll cover that in uh, in due time. Is it fair to say this was not? While we both had fun with this show, this is not the ideal setting for like the outsider taking the big belt and disrespecting it, right? Like, there's a no. place you could have done this where it would have got real heat. Them spray yeah. painting the belt. Absolutely. So here not. it's kind of like you know. Well, <laughs> it's like they're doing it in fucking Sturgis, man. These people don't yeah. watch wrestling. They probably there's maybe 300 wrestling fans in there, if that. Right. You know, out of the thousands that were there. And it's like, it it would have been more, it it would have been way more fitting if they'd done it at the Clash, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that that would have been at least a, you know, a WCW type, you know, big time show. You know, they're they're sort of TV. I mean, I guess in fairness, it wasn't really the ideal champ for that scenario either, right? I guess you just kind of had to do it and get on with it. I I think probably is the best way looking at it. Yeah. Interesting. And, and, and kind of just kind of, you know, coming off of this, right. <clears throat> I actually didn't dislike Giants run that summer as a champ, right. but he needed to get the belt off of him. And even though this, let's be honest, began the trend of Paul White's 
let's turn him 1700 times mm. turning him heel with nwo and then turning him back face actually made him a bigger star he did yeah um because he, he 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 had a he had a very good 97 in terms of being over and and working hard and and, and such of course the league tag team but mm-hmm. um yeah you know and 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 this this ultimately benefited him absolutely fair I would agree. Speaking of Luca tag teams, he's with Sting here. Obviously, the outsiders on this very show. Um, famous kind of finish, and I guess infamous in some ways based on the execution, but Nick Patrick's involvement in the angle kind of that's the thing we need to start getting into. So um it will eventually Nick Patrick will eventually be a very sore subject on this platform in about uh 10 episodes. Where we at 15 episodes away. Um uh-huh. but for now, he is the NWO's referee. What did you make of uh Nick Patrick's business here at uh, Hogwild. <laughs> the match ain't too bad, um, but it's the funniest, like blatant. He just fucking falls over. It just gives Luger a forearm to his to his fucking quad, <laughs> or, or, or I'm, I'm I'm sorry, his hamstring. Yes, and and uh, he just like it's so blatantly obvious. But that but that's also what makes it work too. You know, yeah. like he's just obviously like. Oh. Like, Folks, bear with us yeah. here as the Oracle of Wrestling will return momentarily. But yes, he is correct. It is a very obvious uh, deal with old Nick Patrick. He's almost back. He'll be back in a moment. He's asking if he's back right now. He's not yet. But uh, bear with us. He's grinning wide, if nothing else, and he's, mm-hmm. he's frozen. There he is. Here he's, he's returning now. Um, yes, very obvious yeah. indeed, Oracle. I would agree. Okay, yeah. 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 Very obvious. Um but uh, yeah, and 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 it, and it and it you know it made it it worked because of how obvious it was you know and in in a lot of ways. But um, it was it was it was a funny bit too. I mean, I, I don't know if they intended it to be funny, but I I thought it was like legitimately funny how it was executed. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree completely. Um, before we move on, here, I do want to shout out friend Chalk who gifted a sub to WrestlePurist. You should not do that. He does not deserve that sub, but we appreciate it nonetheless. Thank you very much, pal. Monty, if you're still here, I'm sure he's watching NXT instead. Fucking coward, but thank Chalk. He's the man. All right. So it was a, a big show here for for um, Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. They had a, a very memorable match. Like I think one of the kind of – I think one of Malenko's most famous matches, honestly. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a very, very prominent one. Um, and in front of that crowd, I think that says something about how good the work was. This was your match of the month for WCW. What did you make of it on revisit? Yeah, it, was, it was just a, it was just a really strong match. Um, yeah. They just you know one, you know one of those technical matches these guys would work at the time and and you know sort of a momentum type match. But they they ended up getting that crowd kind of you know into the match, which is hard to do with yeah. that crowd. Um, you know the 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 only match you know the only other match that I'd heat was Steiner's and uh, or who was it? Was it Steiner's and and Harlem Heat? Different kind, of hate, for, yes. uh, different, yeah. <laughs> different um, kind of hate, yes. That was for different reasons. Different kind of hate, unfortunately. But but uh, the that that uh, you know it was it was a great great match, man. Um, I think they did, if I remember correctly, don't they do like a they give them extra time or something? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's just it's just a really really strong match. Um, and it kind of surges away to kind of Benoit was already getting a push because he was in the Horseman, but. Right. It, this was kind of a pivotal moment. I mean, Malenko was already, you know, they had given him the cruiserweight title, but this was kind of a point where, yeah, he's still in the cruiserweight division after this, but this match was a big deal in terms of yeah, he's a player. him as an important mid carder and a player. Absolutely. Um, quickly, while you you know you brought that match up, is that 
to me, that may be the best Harlem Heat two on two tag. That's a really fun match. It is a um, fun match. Um, I don't know what and, be better than you know, that even me. with the um, unfortunate heat, that's sort of yeah. I hate to say it because it's feels gross saying it, but it does add to the match. Well, yeah, there's um, there's like an and and, and, and not and mostly because Stevie and, and Booker are so great playing off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Sherry, of course, is great out there playing off of it too. But it's just yeah. it's 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 a really fun match. I agree. Yeah, and like I mean, we've loved to hold them heat. There's not many of their two on two takes I would deem I would describe that way. So <laughs> you know, it is what it is, right? They were, they were a great act, but they mm-hmm. were not they were not on and Tully inside the ropes, right? It is what it is. No, no shame no. in that. Okay. Olmo Dragon is here. He debuts in World Championship Wrestling opposite uh, Ray Jr. on this very show. Uh, talk us through his first month in the promotion, that match in particular, Oracle. Yeah, uh, Ultimo gets bigger push towards the end of the year. And, and of course, you know, he has the, um, uh, oh God, what's it called? The Drake Crown? Yeah. Um, and stuff like yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's a really strong match. He and Ray were good opponents. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. He and Ray had better. I mean, it's Ray. You know, he and Ray had better chemistry than Ultimo and Malenko, which you know a lot of people talk about the Malenko Ultimo matches, and, and and we'll get to him. I don't hate any of the Malenko Ultimo matches. There's one that I think is really good. The others I think are overrated. But um, pretty much all the Ray and Ray and Ultimo matches are a lot of fun. Their their match at World War Three is is their best. But you know, and, and we'll get to that. But this was a good one. Ray does a dive out to the floor early on, which is cool because. Like this dirt, you know, it's, it's like you know, mm-hmm. in the middle of South Dakota dirt, you know, he's out there doing dives. And, and like the big, like, it's weird because there's like, it's a platform the ring's on, right? Yeah. And, and so he's doing this and he's doing these dives and like, um, it's just, it's just really impressive to watch, but a uh, good match nonetheless. I'm with you for sure. This move over to the, uh, the clash. Which is, you know, as you said, was main evented by Hogan and Flair. Um, two years removed from their their famous match in the summer of '94, there is a very different WCW and a very different Hogan. But he doesn't seem to quite know, as you alluded to, like what that means at this point. Now, before we get into the match itself, let's circle back to the start of the month because we're building up to this Horseman kind of being involved in the uh, in the whole feud, and Arn Anderson cuts that promo, um, which is. Man, it covers a lot of ground, but it feels like it's the best promo of his career, honestly. I mean, it's it's an iconic mm-hmm. promo. The visual of everything going on behind him while he's so... St- a classic promo. Let's talk about Arn's promo, and we'll kind of paint the picture of the build as, as we go to the match. So yeah, let's totally. with it. He takes a line... Uh, what movie is it that he takes the line from? Is it um, Untouchables? I think so. I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, think that, I think that's right. Yeah, But he just delivers it so well, and he wraps it all up in the story about, you know... Uh, you know, he tells the whole story about he and he and Bagwell being in the ambulance together and Flair and he's looking up in Flair and Sting and they're all, and, you know, and it made him think, you know, and he goes, well, I remember this, you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse and all this other stuff. And he just, he makes this, it's just, <clears throat> just, just an incredible masterpiece from Arn um, of, of 15 years of great promos longer really because he was cutting great promos after he retired but um mm-hmm. just just a magnificent uh sort of kind of overall broad sort of description of that story of the nwo invasion yeah. and, and what it meant and 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 like i don't know in some ways it's I, i've seen people not necessarily criticize a promo but be upset because the war games match never really 
pays off that sort of intensity of the promo, you know, because, yeah. you know, blood wasn't really, you know, the, you know, Turner didn't want blood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But regardless, just, just to, just a incredible promo that, that sinks you right in. And, and, and it's just one of the best, one of the best uh, promos to make you want to see, you know, for sure. See, you know, WCW and the Horsemen fight back against the NWO. Just, just, just incredible stuff. It's wild too because we only have. I mean, as you said, he'll appear frequently afterwards. But how many more months is on active? Not many, right? So, Chris uh, Luger Arn is a full time performer through January '97. That's it. Okay, okay. It's a shame, man. He's mm-hmm. he's so fun in the Nitro era. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was watching um, this past weekend. I was watching a lot that little tag run that him and Flair. We covered it a couple months ago, but you know when they're building up to the Mongo Kevin Green match. And mm-hmm. Arn and Rick had that little tag television run where it's like they just sort of work. They work like the American Males, Sting and Luger. And yeah. I just forgot. And I was just watching Rock it. Rock and like, Rolls, I think, too. Rock, that match is a, the, the first act of that match, especially, is like a time machine match. You know, <laughs> as it goes on, it kind of like, but the first part of it is is really fun. Yeah. Um, it's a shame Arn couldn't have been around on the Nitro anymore. I mean, obviously, he's as a character, he's around, but as a wrestler, I think he's very much missed. Yeah. And he, and he still has the all time great setup for Flair's return. My oh, God, man. I almost forgot the four horsemen. Indeed. Indeed. Which is so iconic that recently I tweeted a picture of him just doing this and like yeah with the uh Dax CM Punk reference and people knew exactly what I was referencing because it's that you know people know like it's is what it is, man. It's one of the best segments ever. When he does that, because the moment you know, like the crowd like they realize what he's doing and they they immediately start popping when he does that. I've seen tape. Um tape said that might be the best moment in the history of Monday Night Wrestling. And he's like, yeah, man. Like, I, I think that's a very – I mean, I've not seen as much of it as tape has or you have, but I think from what I've seen, that might be number one. That's special. Really, really yeah. special. Yeah. Um, We'll get there eventually, folks. Oh, Nonetheless. Man, I'm fired up for that. Absolutely. Let's this, this go I'll, back I'll, to I'll, the – I'll uh, tread through eight months of eight of eight, um, eight months of three-hour nitros and yeah. – <laughs> Indeed. You have to skip some fucking disco matches or whatever. Um, <laughs> Nonetheless, let's get to the whole – well, indeed. Hogan Flair match itself. Um, one of the weirder matches. I mean, these guys wrestled a lot in the end after being like the ultimate, you know, what could be match. But f- not only does Hogan not know how to be a heel in the ring, Flair always hates being a babyface. Yeah. So you have this sort of bizarre match where they're like, they're like at odds with their own usage and presentation. It's really strange. What did you make of it watching it back? It's so bizarre, man. Like, the match is actually not that bad. No. I agree. Um, it's just weird. It's just—it's a fascinating watch because yeah. ton, Hogan starts hulking up at one point, and it's like, why? Why are you hulking up? Don't do yeah. that. Like, you can't do that anymore. Like, but then, uh, there's there's a lot of interesting discussions because I've seen people who are like, this is where you get too if you get too worked down into that and you try to take it too literally because it's wrestling, right? People are like, wait a minute, Hulk Hogan was able to hulk up and do all this stuff, and now he's suddenly like begging off and selling and doing mm-hmm. all this stuff. And it's like part of that is this is what happens when you have a guy who hulks up. Yeah. Now when you go the other way, it's difficult to sort of um though he sort of figures it out and he sort of learns that begging off and, and being a cowardly heel is kind of the better better way to do it because one, it protects him because he's, you know, it's Hogan. And two, 
it it's it's really the smarter play based off of you know mm-hmm. the sort of classic Hulk Hogan babyface. Yeah. Um. But <clears throat> yeah, this was just a bizarre match, and the post match is you know wild with the Horsemen and and uh, the, you know the Outsiders and whatnot brawling to uh, to close the show, but just just some intense stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, just in terms of um, the build and 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 uh, and whatnot, some of Hogan's promos to Barry Flair were terrible. What was it he said? Something about he's some lame insult that he called Flair. I can't remember what it was. Something to do oh, with Flair calling himself the man or something. I might. Uh, I think you know they wrestled a lot, but I always thought whenever these guys were paired up, it really captured like why a lot of us preferred you know the i guess i'll call it the flair side of wrestling in the sense that mm-hmm. whenever they would have an exchange here or babyface he would come across as such a pretender opposite flair you know like without right. foul we, we, no matter when it was even in you know 1999 it's like man i hope flair kicks the shit out of this dude you know <laughs> like, oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's always striking to me always but um Anything else on Hogan and Flair? Um, they don't get back to this for a long time. You know, they 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 do the War Games build, and they do that. They have that. They you know they sort of tease it because really it's Horsemen and the Wolf Pack that are feuding, right? Ninety seven. Yeah. Um, there's a great promo that Flair does over the air or like over the phone call where he buries Hogan because mm-hmm. you know Hogan's wearing his robe and shit and all this stuff, and Flair just like. You know, it's one of those. It's 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 one of those flare promos, you know, or he or you know takes a big dig at Hogan or whatever. Um, <clears throat> it was always weird because the way the way Flair cuts promos, and and we'll get to it, we'll get to it, but nobody ever gets Hogan mad on promos. There's only two people I've ever seen get like you can see Hogan get visibly angry at mm-hmm. Nash. Yes, indeed. And Roddy fucking Piper. Oh, yeah. Because he's the real, right? <laughs> Piper's over here just cooking. Him. I can't wait to talk about the Piper. He is just being typical Roddy, just smearing Hogan, calling him all this stuff, telling him, don't you cut me. And you could see Terry Belay's Well, he's face. the one guy. He never fell in line for Hogan, ever. No. You know? Hogan gets so mad. He gets mm-hmm. so mad when Roddy's not like, following along with what he's you know yeah his body goes off script all the time of course oh, you can't, ha- can't handle it no i'm excited to about it because we both like that initial build and star cave match a lot and i know yeah. it's like i know that that rivalry is really people dunk on it in history because of the sequels but the first one is really fun so i'm glad mm-hmm. i'm excited we can talk about that a couple months here but um this this kind of finished the the flare piece of this with the end of the month best angle went to the uh the NWO, the spray painting of the hair, which is like a, they always use that visual in the documentaries oh, and stuff, yeah. right? The yeah. way Flair sells that has always popped me too. Like the way oh. he like, yeah. <laughs> it's such a great angle. That's a great yeah, angle, man. This whole thing, the setup at the end of the month, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. They have that all that great angle where, where where they're supposed to be the Horseman versus Sting and Luger in a tag, and Lex and Sting just call them out and they come out right. and there's and there's a great camera work of like Flair's face. When they're when they're telling them to be, and you know, it's just oh, it's incredible. And the promos, all four guys cut, and it's just 
you know, you know, you know, to form together, to, you know, to go mm-hmm. you know, war games against the horse or, or uh, the um, NWO. Just a great, incredible segment. And the commentary is incredible. I'll never forget one of my favorite moments is when they pan over to Flair after they ask him to team up. Right. And it's, it's, I think probably he and he look at Flair, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they, they play it up so well on commentary is a big deal, you know. Um, am I back so, yet? Did I go? Am I here? Yeah, just just briefly, I heard you like Heenan and Flair. Oh, we got you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Was, they would always kind of go that that dynamic. They could always use that when necessary, right? Bobby and Flair mm-hmm. is always fun. Oh yeah. Um, Absolutely. Ted DiBiase is in the territory, uh, for better or worse. He's involved in all of this because he's hitting at a new member on, mm-hmm. and you know he's like hitting at both sides and stuff, and. Uh, yeah, Ted is a manager, man. He's what, he's, what did you make of him here in the start of his WCW? Ted is awesome. He's Fair. sitting out there and he does the... Mm-hmm. That yeah, deal, you know, the fifth, the fifth guy or whatever. Such a great, great debut because, you know, he teases Giant Turning uh, and we'll touch that next, you know, in a couple weeks when we uh, cover September. But um, I was reading about it because, you know, <laughs> you know, some of the rare research that I do. <laughs> and... and uh, I think it was just him interviewed or whatever, and he and he, Ted, you know, buries Bischoff and says, "Well, I was supposed to be the voice of the NWO, but when Eric oh. came in and took me, have you read that before? Have you heard that before? No, that's embarrassing. <laughs> you should be ashamed of himself. Ted, Ted's all like, I was supposed to be the voice, you know, and then when he turned heel and took over, that my my position in the NWO was worthless. So, um, I didn't love or hate." DiBiase in the role, although I, I think he actually, I actually in some ways I actually think he kind of fit nicely in it, weirdly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, he's worth I, I don't think he's wrong that his worth got less and less when Bischoff came. For uh, sure. I, 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 I don't he's disagree just... with that. See, um, I, don't, I don't necessarily feel um, first of all, Bischoff was a better performer than he was and, and was, a, yeah. was a better voice for the NWO. Yeah, it's just, but, he was a good fit. He's just he's running the million dollar corporation. He's like one of the worst. Oh, it's awful. It's one of the worst. It's you know, dire. So, so the fact that he landed in this at all is a dub. Yeah. He should just leave it there. He doesn't have to complain right. that he didn't get more. <laughs> like, right. bro, you using the NW after that? Like, come on, man. But, uh, but nonetheless, uh, he's cashing checks. God bless him. Um, Hogan is headed to Savage at Havoc. Obviously, the build of this is kind of emerging, and this is something that was referenced way back, which we covered at the time, but. Uh, Early days of that build, Oracle. What's happening with Hogan and Savage? The one thing I can circle is I think it's the Nitro and Casper Wyoming after um, Hog Wild. Hogan Mm -hmm. fucking kills Randy with a chair shot. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's on the floor. And he hits him, and he busts Randy's open in the back of the head. Oh he yes, him. but he yeah. just he, like, and usually it's not Hogan. Hogan's not the one to be swinging the chair. Like he's most of the make, time, his shots are awful. Makes you think, right? But yeah, <laughs> but like, I mean, dude, I mean, and Grant, he wasn't swinging it like he was Taker or something like during the Attitude Era. God, mm-hmm. nobody swung a, a you know a chair quite like Taker did in the Attitude Era. But um, Indeed. but uh. I mean, he hits a man and he fucking cracks him. I mean, it's loud. It's yeah, like, I remember. Oh shit! Um, that's 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 kind of the that was kind of the first big angle they do, you know, to kind of you know to build to the match when he 
uh, that, uh, you know, a couple nights after, uh, after hog wild, he, he fucking levels Randy in the back of the head with the chair. And I think Savage had to get stitches or something. But yeah, it was, it was, it was a vile chair shot just because of where he hit him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't cause like, cause you know, Hogan swings, not, it was harder than, you know, he normally would, but he hits him right at it. He swings like, always. Oh, he's man. his usual swing is so funny. Oh God! Like 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 when they would pull up leaders. when they would pull up Pipers for his hip. Yeah, absolutely. He'd like you know, drop it down like he's like he's uh you know like he's you know like he's uh like he's breaking down chairs after like an event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing stuff. All right. Um. This this was on uh, Clash, right? The DDP Guerrero match, Lord of the Ring mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. This is not their a bad Okay. Cool. The the havoc match we'll get to. That. I think Eddie gets hurt in that match, and that's why the match is kind of weird. Um, right. And and you know, but but he and Eddie end up having like a long sort of feud off and on for the rest of '96, and they never fully have the match you want them to have. Mm-hmm. But I also, you know, this will sound weird and controversial. I don't think Eddie was fully where he would be. No, I and obviously he he wasn't. Yeah. You know, I mean, he yeah. he was getting better, but um. And it's weird because you could tell they were almost going to have good chemistry. Like they, like, like if they had, mm-hmm. you know, if they had really kind of, oh, that's why I wish they had a match in like '98 or '99 on TV. I feel like that would have been really good. For sure, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, they had different areas to improve on, respectively, too, right? So kind of, yeah. they got there in the end. Um, Conan has turned heel. Um, He's about to kind of like become the Conan that everyone now kind of knows, for better or worse, the Conan yeah. that everyone is aware of. Um, in America, I should say, because obviously he was huge during Mexico, but he'll turn here. What did you make of um, Conan turn at the dark side, brother, brother? I will say this for Conan. He had a look and a presentation that was fitting for the 90s. You know when when he would do. I mean, it was silly, right? Like, yeah, no, I'm, it, it, it it fit with the era. Yeah, he got. Over but I fucking hate the dude. Every time, <laughs> dude, like he's like my least. Like it's like I'm sitting here and it's like, oh, Bobby Eaton comes out and then like he's facing Conan. I'm like, oh fuck. Like, yeah. He's gonna hurt Bobby and drop him on his head or something. I was just like, I can't watch. Like, I mean, I watch it because you know I'm a, I'm a you know I'm a, you know I'm an idiot. The Oracle of Wrestling, right? <laughs> exactly. But Conan sucks, man. He sucks. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. You can see him at the Hall of Fame here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure that will go swimmingly. Oh, my God. That's actually worth watching because that could be. Oh, could you imagine if, if because he's, he's, yeah, could you imagine if Dom attacks him on stage or something? Well, I think they might do that. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be Dude. incredible because he's, yeah. Very he's got, interesting. He's got kidney problems, right? He's yeah, but he did the angle with um FTR did something to him, right? When they were feuding yeah. with Santana and Ortiz, mm-hmm. they did like a didn't they do the pole drive for Tim? Or something like that, yeah. <laughs> but his 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 health is a little bit worse than it was then, right? Now I, I, I don't know. Uh, hopefully I don't know. he's okay. I don't know. But, I mean, you know, hopefully he's well, but um, it was the pole driver. I'm not imagining that Conan I, took it. I, I can't remember exactly, but got I mean, we we could have you know we, you know Bobby and I will touch on that on Sunday, but Dom continues to rule, man. He's incredible. Oh, he's tremendous. It's great stuff. Um, Hoovy is in the building. He debuts the promotion as does Chris Jericho. Start with Hoovy. Was how's he uh, how's he getting enrolled in here in World Championship Wrestling? Oh, 
Hoovy's Hoovy's a fascinating one, man. Like, um, I can't remember what it was. I think we've had this discuss. There was this discussion was always like you would talk about the big three luchadors, mm-hmm. big four, which were Ray, Hoovy, Psychosis, and Laparka. You know, yeah. the, the, the other ones like you know Super Kylo, Sickle Play. All those guys were there. Al Dandy, who's an all-time great wrestler, but you know he wasn't. In terms of his use within WCW, he wasn't he wasn't right. you, know, you know pivotal um, like those four were. And of course, you know Hoobie and Psych were were kind of two and three after Ray, and so they, they you know just naturally get compared. And I can't remember which one I always said had that one had the higher ceiling. Psych had the higher ceiling, and I think Hoobie had the had the higher floor. Mm-hmm. If I'm not yes. mistaken, I think yes. that's what I said. Yeah, I would agree um, with this. You said, but um. Like, I don't know. It was it was a lot more fun to watch Hoobie crash and burn than I think Psychosis was. Hoobie's you know, a like would do it. It would just go. The match would be completely off the rails. Mm-hmm. Or like with Hoobie, it would just be like kind of endearing. He gets know, over too. He gets over big. That that probably sounds weird, but um, I, I you know we'll 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 be able to kind of go deeper into that over the course mm-hmm. of, of this project, but. Works for me. Uh, what about Jericho? What's his uh, for early days looking like in WCW? Uh, he comes out to this awesome music that is one of my favorite theme songs ever at the time. It's his first theme song, if you, if you, if you oh, know. Oh, yeah. yeah it yeah. was the Baseball Tonight theme song on SportsCenter for years oh. in the 90s. And, like, <laughs> it's just awesome, like, 90s theme. And it mm-hmm. fucking rules, and it pops me every time. Um. He's just, you know, he's Jericho. He's he's fine. Like, you know, he's he's fine. Like, he's clearly a good worker at this point. Green, yeah. but he's you know, but he's good. He's solid. Um, but you know, he's not doing much of anything yet. Um, he will, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Nick Patrick. He will be involved in a program with Nick Patrick and the great Teddy Long. Uh, we'll, we will cover that here in the next month or two when we uh, when we get to that point. But uh, <laughs> something to look forward to. <laughs> He has, a, he has a competitive 10-minute match with Nick Patrick. Why? It takes him a while to get rolling, man. It really does. Like The match is fun, but it's like, why is it this long? And why yeah. is Nick Patrick getting this off? I mean, Patrick is, I mean, his dad, you know, I mean, he's he's the assassin's son. Right. He's a trained worker, but he got hurt and he had to be a ref. Right. But, like, they don't even say that. I, I, I'm jumping way ahead, but it's just I'm like, with you. it's I'm frustrating. With you. It's like, you could at least say he was a wrestler and, you know, legitimize his offense some. Good Lord. Look, man. We're going to talk about Nick Patrick a lot in the coming months and years of this show. It will never be positive. It is what it is, right? I, I believe Jericho and Alex Wright was a debut match from each, yes. And, and, and it's and it's and it's pretty decent. Alex Wright was always kind of the guy that would throw out there to like – Yeah. Um, you know, because he was such a you know, solid solid worker. Um, he'd mm-hmm. go out there and uh, and kind of you know rub shoulders with those guys and, 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 and have a fun four- or five-minute TV match. Tremendous now. I think it goes without saying, but another big month for WCW, right? They're still oh they're god. rolling. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my god. And it's only gonna get more. Mm-hmm. I mean, because like and what I and like the other thing is they're not hitting everything out with blockbuster endings and shit. Wait right. till we get to the end of ninety six you know, and ninety seven when like every nitro ending is like the like the heat is just through the roof. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just some of these segments are just, I mean, in, in, you forget about some of them. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's so like, many of them. I forgot about this one, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, 
Glory days, brother. Glory yeah. days. We head now to uh, the land of extreme, extreme championship wrestling, EC dub, two events for them also. Uh, the Doctor is in and Natural Born Killers. Doctor is in, obviously, in reference to a rare, at this time, a rare US appearance for Dr. Dev Steve Williams, who, I mean, he was still very much working all Japan, like, regularly, mm -hmm. right, at this time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, let's start there. What was Dr. Def's ECW kind of uh, debut looking like? What did he do uh, on the show? You know, he, he actually ends up working there for the next six months pretty consistently. Right. Do you like um, monthly shots for them? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Pretty much. Uh, you know, he and he and Gordy end up getting back together, and 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 we'll cover that some. Right, yeah. Um, you know, feeding with the Eliminators. I mean, he's not that good. You know, obviously, yeah. he's just not like. Um, in some ways, it's probably just a paycheck type deal. You know, for him at this point, um, mm -hmm. he's still very much engrossed in the All Japan deal. So he's probably like, you know, I'll work harder there, and here I just, you know, come back to the states, get a pop. You know. Yeah. He's, it's nothing really offensive or anything, but he's just he's nothing nothing to write home about. Mm -hmm. What does he do on this show? Is he in a tag as well? I think he's teaming with who does he? Oh fuck! Um, there I go my research again and 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 you know uh, covering my bases. Um, but he, he he uh, I think he's teaming with Dreamer. Let me find out. This this uh. I know you've watched a lot of professional wrestling oracles, so I understand. We'll try and we'll try and crack this code here. Um, ECW, the Doctor is in. Doctor Death, correct. He teams with Tommy Dreamer opposite Brian Lee and Taz. Oh fuck! Uh, for a yeah. seven-minute tag team tilt. So as Paul Pro just says, Taz doesn't quite me sour. <laughs> and I like Taz, but <laughs> he'd get so mad at that comment. <laughs> You know, right? He would get oh, so mad. God. <laughs> Better suplexes, though. Shrug his shoulders. Anyway. You know, in his, in his Taz chuckle. <laughs> yeah, his big leather jacket. Anyway, the gangsters win the tag titles on this show. Um, before we get to that match, this this gives some love to New Jack, who took best promo. Um, with a very famous promo reference to his nephew. And Have you seen uh, this one? Yeah, this was... It's this incredible. One's, Appears on the timeline every once in a while. It's um, an incredible promo. It is indeed. Yeah. He's just an all-time great promo. Just very great real, very about. authentic. Mm -hmm. It makes you want to see. And in some, you know, he does a good job of making you want to see. He, yep, you know, he does indeed. Makes you want to see the uh, match. It's just oh. Very entertaining stuff. Absolutely. Well, um, I don't know if it makes you want to see the match, but you know, it makes you it makes you want to see them come out with the music playing and hit guys with trash cans. <laughs> Speaking of such, uh, how was their tag title win at uh, Doctor Is In Oracle? You know, it was fine. It, it was it was a big deal because it was a payoff. You know, that you know they finally won the tag belts or whatever. You yeah. know, after a long, you know, kind of a long road there, and and uh, kind of they're at this point wrapping up that big eliminators feud, uh, feud that they've had the last six months, uh, which is a fun feud. Um, so yeah, you know, it was it was it was it uh, it got a nice pop. Indeed. Um, one that is clear. I think no one gunk was playing, but regardless, um, this will be a couple of years away, but I will go out of my way to rewatch this when it comes around for us on the historical Oracle, because Jerry Lawler, who you will seldom hear me praise on this program, he produces one of the great calls in wrestling history as his best friend has to watch Dr. Death get knocked out cold. And it is one of the more sinister moments on raw ever. Think of the ground that covers. Jim Ross just goes quiet at some point because Bart is fucking hitting Wrecking and him. Jerry, yeah. who never give a shit about it. yeah, Jerry never give a shit about those fights. All of a sudden, starts yelling, "Oh, he's gonna go! He's gonna!" 
<laughs> he starts screaming. So we, when we get there, that will get ample time. Um, bless him, man. It wasn't his fault. JR set the dude up with that one. It was a shame. Anyway, RVD and Sabu closed this show. Um, the... The, the formula kind of references they're going to go into a tag team in this month. So talk about that match and then them becoming a team here in the coming weeks and months. This was one of those like classic ECW feuds that probably got a lot of love and talk in yeah. the, the mid-90s tape trading scene. But this fucking feud sucks, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like one of the match, one of these matches is not that bad. And this might be the one, but it's just... Ugh. I mean... True in this. <laughs> but... Um, it's like God, they're so boring, and they just like they're just like doing a running sort of array of spots. It's just so lousy. It's, it's like, not my thing. Yeah, it's like at least when they team up and they feud with the Eliminators, the Eliminators and Saturn are so kind of charismatic in a way as a tag team where they're like psychotic shit that they do. It's really entertaining, even if it's a bit much, mm-hmm. right? When they're just guys are just facing off, it's like oh, it's so lame. It's just lame, man. Yeah. I just I couldn't get into this respect angle at all, man. Like it was like I was supposed Paulie to. Paulie loves this shit, man. He I loves know. it, doesn't he? I know. He loves that. He loves that like foes become friends thing or like become so like you phony. know allies. Yeah, he loves it. Do you remember when he did that shit with um Braun and Seth? Oh my god. That was when you knew that he didn't have the cards he was looking for at the time, you know? For <laughs> rolling that out there, doing that angle. Incredible. Um it was a different time. We'll cover that in about 25 years on the historical oracle 2019 deep dive. <laughs> what a time that will Absolutely be. Absolutely not. <laughs> Bob can come on and explain. And if, I do that, good. if I do that, you're paying me more and I'm bringing you on to watch all the Shane McMahon matches. <laughs> there ain't no amount of money in the world that get me to rewatch those matches. Well, that's a lie. It's actually a very low amount. They'll probably make me do it, but even still, you know, for the sake of arguments. Um, <laughs> Chris Jericho and Two Cold Scorpio take best match of the month on this very show. Uh, as we kind of just talked about, Jericho's winding down on ECW. How does he wrap up his run and then this match in particular with Two Cold? Yeah, this this was good. You know, uh, Two Cold was hitting a stride big in '96. Great worker. Yeah. Um, you know, w- one of the only guys in ECW who's really having consistently strong technical, just kind of solid pro wrestling matches. And and you know, Jericho was obviously kind of going along for the ride here. He's still green, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, really, really fun match. You know, a lot of big moves, but they paced it well. They structured it well. Very good send off for Jericho. Tremendous. I, I actually want to see this one. I've not seen this, I don't think. I want to watch this one, so it's I'm going to try my best to. Um, Stevie Richards is headed in a different direction, to say the least. The BWO is is fast approaching. This is taking shape, Oracle. Talk through the early stages of an act that. People remember, man. I mean, like, people still remember that. Dude, you know, so. <clears throat> I'm in February 97. They're over. Yeah. Big fucking time. Tremendous. Um, it's not fully developed yet. They're just kind of in the opening sort of salvo of it. Um, this was really big for Steve. It's the, it's the height of his career in terms of, like, over as a star. Even though it's within ECW, which is right. a tier below, he was very, very over. Um, of course, uh, you know, he jumps to WCW with Raven briefly and, you know, was in mm-hmm. Raven's block and was kind of his, you know, voice man for a little bit there. And then didn't work out, obviously, and jumped back to ECW in 98 before he joined the Fed. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, 
he's he's kind of slowly breaking away from Raven here, and and eventually uh, they'll they'll hit to that point, and it's I'll tell you what I'm and we'll get to it, but the build to barely legal is incredible, man. Yeah, the way that they the way that they managed to find their way into that kind of groundswell, the build to the show is just it's really 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 well done. Tremendous. Um, I Oracle, I hate to create you. You're the historical Oracle. I don't like that, but. You should have said his career high until uh, 2009 when he portrayed Dr. Stevie on oh, Total Non-Stop Action. I, I, I don't like to do that, but, you know, you can't. Some Dr. things have to be I in the history I forgot about Dr. Stevie. Yeah, you that can't. Was, that was where he first jumped right after he left the Fed. He was in the Fed yeah. for 10 years almost. <laughs> I know, it's bizarre because you told me what he did. I'd be like, I know he was with Victoria for a bit and he did right to censor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else did he do? He was on the new ECW. He was a jobber. Um, I mean, he was probably a bit of a player coach in a way. I mean, I could be wrong, but I probably I, yeah. Yeah, he's probably somewhat like that. I seem to remember like um, Johnny Ace being a fan of him as like a, a player coach. I seem to think was I believe that was the thing. So yeah, probably maybe house shows and stuff makes sense. Okay, we were. Uh... I hated the right to censor when I was a kid. Oh my god. I was so <laughs> mad at them. I hated them. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, the seven-year-old kid was so mad that he couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, how long do you be Oracle until we do the TNA series where we can do it, Doctor Steve? We get Alex on. What do you think? Is that is that one uh, for 20, 2040? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's you know something we can aim for in twenty thirty-five. How about that? Yeah. All right, works for me. Um, Shane Douglas is working with the Pitbulls this month. How is this feud looking? How they, how does this thing come together? Him and uh, Pitbulls. Okay, so Pitbull Gary Wolf, Pitbull One, takes Shane Douglas's single arm DDT mm-hmm. on the title belt. Wrong, breaks his neck. Right now we're off and running. Um, there's a lot more craziness to come here, but it's just starting and. Uh, of course, Francine is with Shane Douglas now, and um, I didn't mind him so much when we first started covering '96. But by God, Shane Douglas, you need to. Sh- How about cut the fucking mic so I don't have to hear uh, him promo? I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> it's tough because you watch him on Wednesday nights. Okay, Francine's a really good manager. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's actually underrated. Um, yeah. But Shane, shut up, dude. Yeah. Tired of hearing your shit. And it's gonna it's only gonna get worse and worse. Oh, it gets much worse. <laughs> when you're in 2000 and he's doing his fucking work shoot thing with Flair that lasts like a week. Then oh, you'll God. then they, you'll they, remember. They have a match of what, Slamberry 2000? Yes, because that's part of the reboot, right? As he attacks Flair on the mm-hmm. reboot episode. Yeah. Which everyone wanted, obviously. That was the thing we all needed to happen. Um <laughs> that is one a of revolution. Remember that, that shit? When oh, indeed, yeah. Oh, um, I can't wait till we get to that. Shane Douglas and Ric Flair's beef now is like one of the weirdest things imaginable because Flair is so embarrassing that he kind of lets Shane win now. He's like, how has this happened? What a turn of events. But nonetheless, we'll uh, hopefully never cover any of that. Um, Natural Born oh, Killers. We'll be getting there, brother. That part I've got of it, it I'm, in talking, me, brother. I'm talking about this last few years. I don't want to oh, cover yeah, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing the grinning that time and we haven't covered it. But nonetheless, uh, Natural <laughs> Kill is the other big show of the month. We have Tets versus Tommy Dreamer on this show. The setup for this, Taz choking out Dream was best angle. Um, how's this whole thing kind of been going thus far? Uh, you know, Taz is like, he's sort of, 
finding people that are kind of like adjacent to Sabu mm-hmm. in some way. It's kind of a chase to Sabu in a lot of ways and right. kind of going through, um, you know, as many people as he can. You know, he's, he's kind of stopped doing the whole like, um, you know, finding some random MMA fighter to, you know, have right. a terrible work shoot match with. Um, and, but uh, he, he, um, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of, uh, he's starting to heat up a little bit better now. There was, for, for a while there, he's kind of, you could tell he's kind of getting kind of, it's, it's, it's getting, you know, it's, it's getting stale. Yeah. Um, but luckily things get kind of put back on the, the Dreamer feud I don't love, but it's it's a way it's it's one of those stopgap things, and then he gets mm-hmm. the RBD deal, and that gets a little bit more interesting because Van Dam and Saber tag partners by that point, and and you know they get the you know eventually we get the November to remember face off, and we're off and running. But um, yeah, he's 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 been kind of running in place here, and, right. um, but Taz is it, all the segments were always entertaining, good promo. Cusses people out in the front row. It's funny. He's um, funny. Just, 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 just typical ECW Taz. I mm-hmm. prefer him more as a babyface in 97, 98, I think, actually. Right. His first like three or four months after the turn are awesome. The heel turn in 996. Mm-hmm. And now he's awesome again, like as they really go towards the Sabu turn or, or, or the, uh, the Sabu feud at uh, Barely Legal. I like him a lot when he's a babyface and then the champ or whatever because he's just you can tell the fans kind of want to cheer him over time. So they get right. to, and like, it's just fun watching him. Like I'm big on that, man. I really, I, I think like, have you ever seen, Oh, we'll get to it. But have you ever seen the Russ Plus angle where he wins the TV title? It's, it's all in the same taping. And, um, it's the one where Lawler and Cornette. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, invade the ECW arena. Mm-hmm. And they're beating everybody up and Taz's music hits. That's great, yeah. And the place literally like explodes like a fucking earthquake. Put that's like Paul and D's like, them sort of angles are special, you're right? That's his, oh man, it's something it's like yeah. we don't get that anymore, man. We don't get it. Well, Paul E does a few, he's the closest, right? He does some cool yeah. shit still, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Um I'm just big on the general, like the core idea of what you just said with Taz. And as you know, I'm not seeing a lot of ECW, but the idea of just letting people cheer the guy they want to cheer, I think is so so foreign to wrestling minds nowadays. Well, you the know? problem is, is now, oh god, I'm gonna be this guy. <laughs> I'm gonna yell at the clouds like, like, like Kevin Nash and Steve Austin, The Undertaker. Bro, they made a pact. That's incredible. A pact is incredible. Uh, well, they do cut their hands and <laughs> fucking. <laughs> but on <laughs> the three people of all like three totally yeah. different people to make that pack what a ridiculous thing um Incredible. that's also total horse shit first of all have yeah, they ever watched just, any of it i feel but, like kev's just popping himself right it feels oh, like for sure for sure for sure yeah man i you know <laughs> I, can, I can hear him saying it now on his <laughs> podcast um but, uh, oh god now it made me not that through my mind everywhere. What the hell was I rambling about? We were talking about, about letting the people cheer who they want to cheer and, you know. Okay, so <clears throat> when Austin turned face in 97, okay, he was still a sociopath. Right. When Taz turns face in 97, 
He's still a jerk asshole. Mm-hmm. The problem is now in wrestling, WWE mostly, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. You can't just change their character because they're changing the, yeah. their, 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 you know, their, their face heel dynamic. They've, they've struggled with that a lot for the years. Stop yeah. changing who they are. You can't do that. Yeah. The only one that they ever really didn't mess with and it worked and you can tell was Becky. Yeah. You know, and even then, but she was also smart enough to know to right. stay the course, even though they did actual angles and booking that didn't benefit her a lot of the times, like fucking mm-hmm. pairing her up with her husband and that terrible feud. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like <clears throat> they just, they do that shit now. It's like, just let the character be. Yeah. You know, I think Vince, I mean, to be fair, we were covering it before Diesel, I think, was a case of that in some ways, though, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, I think yeah, Vince is just, sure. um, in a lot of ways, the late 90s were really an outlier in terms of the way they did wrestling. So Austin kind of benefited from that. He was the reason, so fair enough. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's an interesting trend. I, I do I do think sometimes people can overthink, like, just let people let people roll, let people take the momentum where they want it to go, mm-hmm. you know? But, right. Um, right. But nonetheless... Uh, Missy Hyatt, this is her swan song. This show is um, kind of how does her run wrap up? Oracle Missy Hyatt and ECW. Oh, looks like he's back. My back. Did you hear me, Oracle? I did. Yes. Did mm-hmm. you hear me? Yep. Yep. Am okay. I back? Missy Hyatt. How did how did yep. her run? Yes, mate. You're back. How did her run wind down, mate? Uh, I thought she was a really good pairing with Sandman. Actually, um, not not as good mm-hmm. as a woman pairing. Um, right. But, you know it. it 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 worked to a degree. Uh, if I remember correctly, just from the Wikipedia article, I think it was something like she and Laurie Fullington got into like a she like tore out like Missy. She, like, she was actually hurt. Yeah, she like hurt her yeah. legit, and like Missy obviously was not very happy about that, and yeah. and that ended up kind of ex, you know expediting her, her her you know the end of her run. This was her last legitimate run in wrestling. Mm. I mean, you know. It was over for player Indeed. and lost the gym run, man, folks. Gym run. Lost the gym run. Uh, lost back. Run. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even know I lost went out that run. time. I didn't even know I went out. Lost that the time. gym run, or no? Yeah. Man, yeah. Ways, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Pretty much. This <laughs> might be my last legitimate run with this fucking laptop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, laptop's lost yeah, from. Yeah, this sure. was, you yeah. know, this was this was Missy's last run. You know, she was she was on the indie some and and still is uh, at uh, fan conventions. But yeah, this was yeah. this was kind. Of, you know, this was it for her. Shame. She was a fun. She was a fun character yeah. on TV, man. For she sure. Was. She was. Um, Bubba and Devon, their feud uh, continues on. Where are we at on this front, Oracle? Uh, their feud rules, man. Their matches are like kind of violent as shit, and they beat the shit out of each other. It's really fun to watch them like do crazy spots and like work mm-hmm. in their goofy overalls and, and the crowd loves it and Bubba's super over as a baby face and of course eventually they'll I've I've just come to the point where they've Bubba turns heel and joins back with Devon and of course okay. Spike takes the most violent looking 3D I've ever Spike might be the first ever 3D and Spike gets like almost his head cut off from it. Um, oh I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, and like he just lands like Chin and neck first on like Bubba's chest. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh fuck. 
Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a fun feud. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I, uh, I enjoy it quite a bit actually. Good stuff. I didn't even know this was a thing. Honestly, mm-hmm. kind of wild. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad to hear it's good. Johnny Smith is in the promotion. Um, I was unaware. I don't know how long this run goes because he's for all Japan too, right? At this point, mm-hmm. yeah. So how, how does a uh, how's his arrival in the promotion, Oracle? It's just a couple of months. Um, okay. The matches are really not that great, you know. I mean, he right. was never that much of a special worker, anyways, but. Just you know, it's one of those things where Heyman goes, "Oh, let me get this guy and mm-hmm. nerds that are here." Yeah, send yeah. a letter to Dave about it. You know, right. the usual. Yeah. <laughs> Not that he would do that now, obviously, but right. you know, back no. then, you know, he would. Tremendous works for me. Um, how would you kind of summarize ECW's August '96? Good stuff, or where are we at? <sighs> to me, it's I'm. 96 has been so, a lot of people think it's better than 95. I think 95 is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first like three or four months, 96 are awesome. Okay. Um, I think it's starting to really kind of like just kind of it's just it's tough when when WWF is starting to well, really not now. WWF's really kind of you know, and, and we'll touch on it, they're really still struggling here, but um, ECW is just falling behind particularly with 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 wcw and mm-hmm. i don't know they they really start to feel a little bit bush league here you know it's tough too because it, eric helped. implements a lot of it, stuff too the barely legal build is really good and when mm-hmm. terry comes in terry font comes in his front his promos are incredible have you seen those promos oh yeah oh my god they're amazing like tremendous it's just the guy talking you know it's just it's amazing he's the best and man. like and they task Sabu build, which is awesome. Like when mm-hmm. they really get going, and like building up, you know, the Sandman and 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 Stevie as potential. You know, it's just it's a great great build. Um, but we're a couple of months away from that, right? And Shane Douglas and the Pitbulls feud sort of carries your promotion for a while. And I will say this: that was a hot angle and a hot feud, and. The angle that they do in October is incredible and insane. And we'll touch on it in depth when we get there. But there's really nothing else that compelling going on. Mm. Um, you know, they, they they kind of fall into sort of November to remember. And it's a really, really good show. Right. Um, and then from there, they really start to kind of get back at it and get really good again. Um, I... I didn't expect Fall of 96, Late Summer 96, ECW to be as disappointing as it's been for me. But I, I'm, I've been I've been a little bit disappointed with it. I really enjoyed the first, like the last four months of 95 were great. Right. Um, I thought the first, maybe even the first six months of 96 were really, really good. Mm. But the last couple, you know, the late summer and the, like, it's just, it's just not... The NWO angle so hot and exactly yeah and like you can, and you know Sean's title reign's going away and Brett's coming back to WWF and Austin's mm-hmm. getting hot so it's and the Mankind Taker feud's really good right like it, it, and and they're having this like sort of innovative feud that's like better than a lot of these ECW hardcore matches that are going on right. and Taker you know of course it's fully guiding them but it's like I don't know it's just it's, it was a rough three or four month period for them. I think it's hard because 
WCW with the NW angle is now like finding its own edge. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of doing like a major league version in a lot of ways. There's taken a lot of Paulie's stuff, right? Like goes about saying, I think that's kind of, I think Bischoff's mm-hmm. conceded that, right? In terms of some of the yeah. talent and some of the, right. So it's very hard for him to compete. Um, quickly, we do have to discuss this. This is important. Our friend Bob O'Neill, who owns the take that Ahmed Johnson was Kurt Angle, had an incredible day today talking about The Undertaker. And I would like us to just spend a couple of minutes. He claimed, Oracle. That The Undertaker had four good years. These were the years he opted to to suggest. 97, 2001, 2001, I'm going to say it again, 2007 and 2008. Now, I do not want to come here on the late night grim platform and protect the legacy of The Undertaker. But man, that's some crazy shit that Bobby was throwing out. I mean, if you're gonna do it, at least give him the right years, right? 2001. May I correct Bobby and his mistake please. that he made here? Please do. <clears throat> Bobby, if you're listening. 1996 and 1997. Factual. He was great as a character in 98, but his matches were. Mm. <clears throat> 2002 and 2003. More more so 02. Old Booger Red. Right. So that's four years. Yep. I'm going to give him a six. Okay. I am too. This is four. And, and I know this sounds crazy. The Kali matches were good, dude. Those Kali matches were good. Mm-hmm. Okay. 07 and 08. Yes. Does he wrestle all in 09? Uh, the Sean match, but the Punk feed sucks. Uh, the oh, Bitsy's defeat at the end of the year is not good. Um, but the shot match is amazing. And the yeah. first three months of the year, he's really good. But the problem is, after he leaves, when he comes back, that's when his body's like clearly like. I genuinely down. think. 25 was really his swan song, is like a full on, like. Yeah. Health, like physical wise, he was really good still. Mm-hmm. I think once he gets like rolling as sort of. When the dead man was kind of this presence on SmackDown, I think he's genuinely very good in that run, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, 06, 07, 08, he's awesome. Yeah. I think he's, like, really good. Best Pierce striker, brother. Um, but... <laughs> oh, three. Oh, we named seven years, almost eight. Yeah. Bob's never been good at maths. I've told you nice. this before. <laughs> anyway, before we move on from ECW, Joe has a question. What's your opinion on Fonzie's whistle? fucking annoying yeah the only opinion one could possibly he's great, have. he's great in the act i like but like man it's it's, it's tough sometimes thankfully Indeed. like that like ugly sound it's like kind of a fun sound of the ecw crowd they, they pick mm-hmm. up kind of drowns it out sometimes but it's like god shut up yeah it drives me nuts um let's head to the the home of the undertaker I guess still, right? World, uh, World Wrestling Federation, World Wrestling cool. Entertainment now, but um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's officially WWE's the case. the home of Sting. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, WWF's the home of The Undertaker, and ECW's the home of Tommy Dreamer. By the way, I would like <laughs> I would like to know, there will be an announcement in this show regarding Bob O'Neill and his status for Thursday's Grin, and Oracle, I think it may be of interest to you. So, mm. Folks, stay tuned. All right, WWF, SummerSlam 1996. Um, a famous main event. Let's start there. Shawn Michaels and Vader. Um, let's talk for their program. This gets the match. You did give it as the month, you know, the promotion's best match for the month. But man, is it a match that comes with some asterisks and some some controversy? Um, 
I really like the match, but it isn't just a match in a vacuum. There's a lot more that comes with it, unfortunately. So let's talk it, Vader and Sean Oracle. Go ahead, mate. Um, the first half is really good. Yes. And then, like, there's a two or three minute stretch where Sean pitches a fit because Vader's not in place for a stupid elbow drop or doesn't get up, move, or some shit. And Sean literally has a, a fit in the middle of the ring, like a child. And then they decide, well, Vader's a big guy, so I guess we protect him, but not really. And we have to do, you know, a count out, a DQ, and all this other horse shit. <laughs> and, then we, and, then, and then he gets pinned clean anyways. Exactly. You know? Yeah. What the fuck? What the point of this? Yeah. I don't know. The match was really good up until that, you know, until the until the fit and and the mad yeah. madness of booking and it was yeah. just so ridiculous. Do you think historically it's overstated how big a moment this was in Vader's career, kind of fading away in the states, or do you think it's a genuine like moment to mark in the calendar? It's never the same after this for him. What do you think? Because I kind of think it's deeper than this, and it's just. He never felt at home in that promotion, ever to me. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. He gets he gets more opportunities to have good matches in 97. I thought he yeah. was really good in 97. I think he was great in 97. Um, because they no longer care about him. Yeah, so he kind of just becomes just like allowed a to go out there and kind of be yeah. Vader a little bit again. You know, obviously not as much as he was in WCW. I'm with you, though, yeah. I agree. Like, he and then of course Russo gets the book by the ninety seven and it's over. Like I'm a fat piece of shit, you know. And, <laughs> and it was just like you killing the guy, man. And I'm, yeah. You know, thankfully he 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 was awesome in in all Japan for you know another year or two before you know uh, he started to wind down in Noah and he was still pretty good there even. Um, you know, you know, obviously his all Japan his final all Japan run yeah. was obviously kind of the last sort of. That was really that was really the twilight of Vader's career, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, he uh, <clears throat> it was just this was the last point where he was like a a true player, you know, in the states, and it's and it's it was a bad time for him. Um, I don't really know. I don't think he would have worked in this. Nitro era WCW either, to be honest. The Hogan thing was a big problem anyway. You know, yeah, I mean, that it, was... It, it, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. No. I mean, I, I really like their match at Super Brawl. Mm-hmm. Hogan and, and Vader yeah, is. But match. When they have the cage match, they had so many issues politically because, you know, Vader didn't want to... He didn't want to just be a guy who takes the leg drop like fucking, you know, Kamala or whoever. But Hogan obviously kind of wanted him to do that because he's Hogan. That's the way he operated. And it just it was just a it was a different promotion then. Um it's a shame in a lot of ways because it feels like if WCW was in a different place when he left OWF, he could have gone home, quote unquote. But nah, man, it didn't feel like that at all. It would have been really weird him being in WCW in like 1998, 1999. That would have been yeah, very that strange. Not have, that man. would not have I just I just it wouldn't have worked. No, I agree. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um we have a question here. Oracle's note it's yeah, as a noted Sid fan, are you bothered that Sean cost Vader the title run? Are you happy that happened because Sid 
Gwen said. Also, it gives us that moment at the garden, mm-hmm. which you know. Yeah, you know, as a, a Sid was just a better fit. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. Lie. I like 99 Sid in WCW too. Sid's a who, uh, brother. He, he he's just he's a blast to watch. Um, he's awesome in ECW. Showing powerbomb fools, you know, like he's he's just he's awesome. But <clears throat> you know, I'm actually not. I, I'm 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 gonna be happy that 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 this opened the way for Sid, only because deep down, like we talked about, Vader just didn't fit in WWF. Yeah, the the guys all thought he was like John, overrated and stuff too. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Rachel. Didn't quite fit. Did not quite fit. Indeed, Oracle, I agree. Okay. Didn't quite fit, did he, Oracle? No. <laughs> Am I here? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I just said I just repeated that he didn't fit like four times while you were, right, you know. right, while I was yeah. while I was you know vanishing from from the stream again. So I've noticed that it happens every like fifteen minutes, and I'm kind of fascinated by how prolific it is in that regard. It has happened. It's almost like uh, it's not a timer, isn't it? It's like my it is incredible. Is like, yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, anything else on the Sid Vader feel? Because I know you were talking about them when you broke up. Um, no, it's just that, like, Sean's an ass for it, and, like, that's annoying for sure, mm-hmm. but Vader just didn't fit, and Sid was just a much better character, much, much better fit. Yes, indeed. Um, as Rob said, didn't quite fit. Uh, sometimes, folks, it comes in twos like a bus. You kind of have to be ready for that in the uh, next 15 minute interval, you know, we'll, 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 we'll kind of re, uh, we'll reconsider. Here he is, Oracle's back. No, I, I think, um... <laughs> um, yes, this is a big thing. It's been talked about a lot by WWF guys. Vader bumping too much, and the guys thinking he was like a fake big man and stuff. Um, I think wrestling fans, this is myself included, will be well served to accept the general rule that some guys are just better fits in some places than others. And it is not always a great failure of the booker or the wrestler. It's just the way it works. And that's why we need multiple promotions, right? Some guys belong in certain places. Some guys, no matter how hard you try, they wouldn't go over the same way. Now, Vader, I think, clearly could have gone over in WWF. But there are obvious examples, right? We both know of them where it's like, uh-huh. it wasn't going to work, man. Like, yeah. Dean Malenko wasn't going to be the Iceman on fucking Raw, bro. Like, no. and I, <laughs> this, will, this, this will pop you, okay? I know this is silly. Mm-hmm. But there's another comparison. This is such this is such an oracle comparison. But Mikey Whipwreck and WCW, that shit didn't work, man. I think Mikey yeah. would have worked in WWF actually, even in the era. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I actually think so. Even if he, even if he was just like a hardcore division guy, I think he would well, work. Yeah, yeah he could have done. Um, but in WCW, he was just a bad fit, man. He didn't work, you know. Yeah. Um, I know that's on a much smaller scale, but no, I'm with you. It happens, man. It does. That shit happens, you know. Yeah. Happens today too, by the way. Happens a lot today, and people yeah. always want to like do a diagnosis of when they're running. It's like, no man, like it's wrestling, you know. It's why, we, but that is why we need multiple promotions, right? Because you want to mm-hmm. have options for these guys. But um, right. nonetheless, Camp Cornet is on its last legs here. Clarence Mason is yeah. is looming. He's about to to uh, to undercut Jim and quote take his tag team. Um, what a <laughs> What a try! What an ending this is for this faction. What a time! It took us through this it's kind so of so bizarre. He's Clarence Mason like comes in and then takes out all of Jim Cornette's players, and then like the Nation of Domination forms, and then like these other guys are just kind of left. Not that like Owen and Davy Boy needed a manager anyways, but right. it was just it was just bizarre. Like 
it was in a lot of ways it was like kind of the this was kind of the beginning of the death of the managers in a lot of ways was this am i right in saying Cornette wanted to be just like on creative more i think i think so i think that's yeah. right you know and he was he was definitely on there for for a while and then mm-hmm. you know lots of lots, lots of, of things uh, happened. shouting <laughs> matches with vince russo and kevin down and, yeah Trying to trying to beat the shit out of everyone in the writing room didn't yeah. really didn't really get over Bill. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's an interesting time because he he we talked about this last month. Like Camp Cornet is kind of a centerpiece for the promotion, and it just ends like it just unwinds and the Paul Bearer deal. It's, it's it's very very um, it's interesting to look around how quickly it kind of unraveled. Speaking of Cornet, he took best promo for this month just for like a collective body of work. There wasn't a specific promo; it was just Cornet's right. work in this month. Um, it must have been his choice, right? Because they wouldn't have wanted him on the TV show more. I feel like he he does commentary too next year, doesn't he? I think. Yeah, he he eventually does. I think he's like yeah. on Heat or Shotgun Saturday Night for a while, and and you know he's he's on TV sporadically all the way through you know the middle of '99, um, right? And then they you know they they dump him and throw him back up. All right, Jim, we're gonna put you in Louisville, and uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we got this guy named Dave Batista. I'm told that he's there's the Leviathan is on the video game. Have you heard about this? What? Yeah, he's on the news. You see that? Bo- did you see that War Games match? Bobby Mad hey, made. Bro, did you see Jey Uso's picture on that game? <laughs> oh. What the yeah. fuck? He looks like. Hang on a second. Now I, I noticed this because we are Jey Uso stands around here. So I I'm not you know this just frustrated me because I just I wanted to see my guy get the respect he deserves in the video game. I saw he got a hell of a rating which he deserves. Right, I'm going to try and show this here on my phone. Bobby tweeted this picture, folks. Okay, look at this. What the fuck is that? Why does he look like he's in a different game to everyone else? Look at him. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like he's been photoshopped into it. Yes. Look, if I, hang on a second, folks. Bear with us here as we talk 2023 video games. Like, what the? Why does he look in a different quality? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy looks similar. To be fair, I don't know why what, what they did. <laughs> Jay looks like he's in 4K, while the other guys look like they're. <laughs> it's bizarre, man. Very strange. Um, nonetheless, Undertaker, man, we just talked about Undertaker with Bobby's bad take. Him, man, kind of have a very famous boiler room brawl on SummerSlam. Um, best angle of the month goes to the finish of this match with a big turn. Man, this is some WWF cinema right here, right? This is when they do their, they get their style right theatrical dramatic this is a massive hit what do you think of it revisiting it oh an absolutely an absolutely um just tremendous piece of business honestly just in terms Mm -hmm. of like this did a lot of wonders not just taker was always over even in that shitty million dollar corporation feud but this really reheated him up because he is like insanely over by the end of the year and he's like insanely over 97 amongst all those guys of michaels and brett and austin and all he's just it really helped him get back over you know even more so over and of course he ends up evolving his character more after this but just the turn was just beautifully executed very mm-hmm. tremendous in this the match itself is wild and just <clears throat> totally unique even now 20 mm-hmm. 26 27 years later right God, i can't believe it's been that long but and, and, and it's just it's 
like the brawling in the boiler room is really ominous. Like it yeah. really, it really works. And the bump, like the ladder bump off the ladder, like it's dark in there. I mean, I know they've got the camera and there's some lighting in there, but it's just crazy bumps. And one of the things that popped me the most is um, <clears throat> when they're brawling down the aisleway and they have the TVs for the fans at ringside. Mm-hmm. And uh, the TVs popped me because it reminds me of those gigantic TVs from when I was a kid. Like, you know, a lot of people remember this, you know, if, 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 if you were, uh, around, uh, back then, but those TVs, once you set them up, you didn't want to move them, you know, <laughs> granted they were, they were on these carts where they could push them around, but like, yeah. I've always, you know, there's always those great memes and jokes on Twitter. People post of like, you know, like when dad's having to move the TV from, mm-hmm. Cause they're like these gigantic, you know, like yeah. machines that are like immobile and 300 pounds. And <laughs> it's just, True. you know, that, 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 that little part just popped me, but um, just, a, just an incredibly awesome turn. Uh, just like takers going to grab the urn and then bear, like this, like great stuff. Things and right over the head with it. And just, just awesome stuff. And like, Bear says he says something into the camera. I think after this, that's just incredible. I can't remember what it was. Some mm. some sly remark that only Percy would say. You know, he was terrific, man. Oh yeah, he he's, was great. He's, he's great. <clears throat> he's great. I think because he's so known for this specific role, even though he was Percy for a while before. Like I mean, he had yeah. a real run before this. Mm-hmm. I don't think he gets brought up quite enough in like you know people do their best manager ever deal. I'm not saying he should be number one, but I think he should come up more than he does. Honestly, I think. Oh yeah. He was very, very special and he very unique to what he could do in this act, which was a very tough act to pull off, to be fair, you know? Right. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, is this... I may be forgetting an obvious one here, folks, so feel free to tell me, Oracle, you may have something in mind. Is this like the quintessential backstage uh, presentation in terms of a big, you know, a match that's like a fight through the building? Because... This kind of feels like it is to me, and again, I must be—I could be forgetting something obvious. I apologize. There's so am, much. There's so much like. There's so much comedy interspersed with other stuff, like the hardcore title stuff, and like yeah. But this one is like really visceral. It's one of the only times you'll ever see it where it's like, yeah, they're just having a fight in the boiler room, and it's like serious, and 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 I you like believe it to be serious. Yeah, it's not I like something the that you laugh at, you know. Mm-hmm. It has a very unique vibe, definitely. Ominous, I think, is a good way to capture it. It's very... Yeah, yeah for sure. Packs a hell of a punch, man. To this day, as you said, it's still, to this day, it's striking. And you kind of go, well, yeah. this is different. Yeah. Um, and that isn't often the case in a kind of a violent sense because we see so much now. But it's the it's the atmosphere of it. It's very interesting to look back on. Mick was very... I mean, Taker was great in this in this view, but Mick was really quite haunting as mankind for a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, people forget that. I mean, so believable and so... Yeah. And like I, I can't imagine like if I were a little kid watching that shit, this yeah. shit would scare me. I mean, and yeah. I've always the, the visual when he does the deal where he pulls the hair, the visual of his scout is mm-hmm. like that's horrific, man. That dude's oh, fucking it's nuts. nuts. It's nuts. <laughs> and, and 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 Joe's right here in the chat. Taker's character work for me, he was awesome. Yeah. And then the ministry forms, and God Almighty, it just immediately just gets awful. Look, this like, Oracle, we have our fun around here. But mm-hmm. The Undertaker was good. You know? Oh, of course. You know, of it's course. like he's yeah. fucking annoying, of course. Right. He's the Undertaker. But like, 
he was good. Don't let Bob oh, say yeah. he was good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Most of his years where he's bad, it's because he's wrestling like fucking King Mabel, and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take, take a rule, man. You know. Yeah. He's he's too much of a mark for himself. Ha ha ha. Pun intended. But Indeed. You know, he, he, he's great. <laughs> Tremendous. Where's your favorite Take a Foley match from that initial '96 run? Oh man, all of them. Like almost all the matches are good. Even the No Holds Barred match on Raw in December is good. Um, the Survivor Series match is probably the most disappointing. The Buried Alive match is awesome. That match is really good. Yeah. Um, Brother and Brawl is great. I mean, all of them are really good. King of the Ring is like shockingly good. Like, well, yeah. uh, not shockingly good because I, I always thought the match was good, but it's shocking when you're watching it chronologically mm-hmm. and then you're like seeing these crazy spots and like, yeah, it's like not. It's like, you know. It's nuts. Um, Foley's work definitely works better if you have a better understanding of the, the environment surrounding him because it makes you realize how fucking insane his stuff was, right? Mm-hmm. Like you kind of go, oh my God, right. it's, it's different in that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah I, 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 they're, 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 their whole feud is good. Um, it goes a tad bit too long, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, <clears throat> I was fine with Survivor Series Return because, you know, the, the Evolve and Bear in the Cage. Um then it goes like a month or two after that, and it's like, eh, right. the shitty Armageddon rules match with Terry Gordy, which is a hoot and a half, and we'll talk about it because Gordy takes a bump out into that like pond, or like, oh yeah, you know, talk, like yeah. outside of the. Oh, that was such a strange deal. Or, or, or All of that was strange. Beat, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was very strange. Indeed, um, we go from one great classic feud that people remember very fondly to one that people remember for different reasons, um, less. Less positive ones. Jerry Lawler and Jake Roberts are uh, are battling away here. This is bad, man. All of this is bad. And they they wrestle at SummerSlam, right? Oh, it's so terrible. Yeah. Mark Henry makes a save um, because Lawler gets a bottle of Jim Bean and pours it down Jake's throat. And, oh, it's a terrible match. Terrible angle. You know, um, a perfect example of... Don't bring the real life addictions into this shit, man. Awful. Yeah, awful. Like it just it it feeds the already you know, it, it feeds into the, it feeds into these people's addiction. There's too many there's too many too many too much evidence in my opinion. Yes, it's never it's, it never it's is not healthy. Idea. It's not healthy. They don't need to be no, and it's and it's worth noting. It doesn't it doesn't offend me. Okay, right. I'm not I'm not easily offended, but it offends other people. Yeah. And it's not healthy for, for these for these people who are suffering from addiction. And it's really it's really stupid and shitty and dumb, you know. And, and again, it's I do want to say there's a difference between well, I feel a certain way about any of it, quite frankly. There is a difference between a line and a promo and it being the whole construct of the, right. of the conflict. Exactly. I mean, it's one thing to make is, a line and a promo yeah. because it's like, okay, you know, that that's in fact I'm even for that, you know, to to some degree, you know, yeah. you know, for a line and a promo. When the whole thing is just Lawler, and all he's doing is make Jake. Jake's not even in a match, and he's talking about this alcoholism. Yeah. You know what does like, Jake do after this? Because he's on creative at some point in '97, isn't he? He, he tries to join creative and falls off the wagon. God bless him. Yeah. And uh, you know, I know there's one story that's been told where he they were supposed to get to the building at like 11 a.m. as the creative team, and he gets there at 9 p.m. It was like, yeah, I overslept. I mean, that's where Jake was at, you know? Like, I mean, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's a shame, man. I mean, it's great. Like, he doesn't do a lot on AEW TV now, and tr- just to be totally transparent, I don't think he should be doing a lot on AEW TV now. 
But it's great that he can be like have fun in the industry because man, he had a rough go of it there for a, for a long time. And this was a, a really, I mean, there's blessing. There's nothing from Toffer at this point. If we're being real, right? I mean, he's just he can't yeah. do a lot. It's a shame. Um, you know, this is a different thing. But I kind of you and I had a conversation about this off the air the other day about. I think sometimes people lose context and just like sometimes, man. You can try and recapture stuff over and over again, but it's done. You know, like it's over. I was talking to someone about Bray Wyatt to pivot into, you know, saying a little bit different here, just while we talk about professional wrestling. And, and they would say to me, they think this latest run has kind of exposed him in some ways. And I said, look, man, I'll be honest. You might be right, but look through history. Wrestling fans are very, one of the things I love about wrestling fans, they're very happy. They're very happy to remember the good times, you know? Very happy to remember the good times. And I think when you look at some of these iconic characters, you talk about Jake Roberts, there's a lot of Jake's career that's trying to recapture what was and it fails miserably. But if there's one thing I love about professional wrestling fans, they are willing to say, you know what? Forget that. I remember the way it was. And, you know, I think sometimes you can get, you can kind of get lost in that in, in the moment, right? Like, I mean, how many times you miss? If you once hit, wrestling fans are happy to remember that, which is pretty cool, I think, personally. Oh, yeah. So. And for what it's worth, <clears throat> It's not like Jake was not good after 92. He was really good in 94, actually. Yeah. Um, the Smoky Mountain feud 94 with 30 White Boy is amazing. But that's mm-hmm. it. After that, it's over. Um, yep. That's his last great angle and feud. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. you know, I think it's like you want to make, they wanted to make it work, but it was never going to, right? It was done. No. no. Um, the w, his work is great in 1992 also, by the way. I mean, it's mm-hmm. worth oh, he's, that was like his peak in a lot of ways. It's just a shame that the match everyone remembers is the Sting match where it's like, it's a gimmick, you know? Because his work on TV, he has a match with Dustin at mm-hmm. center stage that is like terrific, you know? like yeah. re- He was really a good fit for that product at the time. It's mm-hmm. a shame oh, how things worked out. Um, yeah. Really unfortunate. But even still, and the reason I kind of pivoted the way I did there is because it's worth noting we're focusing on this part of his career. Look, Jake is still to this day relevant. He's iconic, right? I mean, he's an iconic wrestling character. And that oh, is something he said. He comes in and cuts, cuts a promo on Cody. Incredible. That's one of the, yeah, that's a great, he, and it's amazing as a promo, he's never been as good since then. Mm-hmm. But that one night he was Jake again, you know? Yep. He was terrific. Um, great to see it. Um, Ahmed Johnson, who I don't know if you know this Oracle, but our friend Bob O'Neill once said was, was Kurt Angle before Kurt Angle. Um, he was not at SummerSlam, regardless of any of that. He's unfortunately yeah. has to vacate the IC title, and this kind of starts the. It's it's the, yeah. it's the it's the it's the beginning of the end for old uh, for old uh, Big T, as he would be come Which, to be known in WCW. All jokes aside, is a real shame because he really was fun. Yes, and it's just a yes. shame. Yeah, yeah. He Wait. he was uh, he was so charismatic and just he's a badass man. He'd come out yeah. there and fucking kill people and. Let's be honest, he'd hurt people in the ring, you know. Great squash. Hated match, working man. with him. Yeah. But I mean, awesome finisher. Pro over plunge is one of the great finishers. Great finisher mm-hmm. name, too. Yep. Um, just just a fun worker. Um, you know, just a fun character overall. Um, super over. But ugh, this kidney injury was was bad. Yep. And uh, you know, um, I'm glad because it was a really dangerous injury, a scary mm-hmm. one. Um, and I know I, and he, um, it sucks, man, because he he really could have had something special going on, and 
and it just it derailed him. He could never stay yeah. healthy, and and um, it didn't help that he was in this never-ending nation of domination stuff that lasted for a year. And oh god, it just you know. Yeah, I mean, I have my fun up at Bobby's expense, but he definitely is a wave. For oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, he's actually probably one of the biggest ones ever because most what ifs guys still do an awful lot and just fall short of the final. But Ahmed was just getting rolling, really, man. You know, like this is, really this is what a year into his run. He's right? a number one bit, he was a number one mid card baby face, and back yeah. then that was a setup for a main event push. At some right. point, you know? Absolutely. Um What's the handling with the IC title? What do they do with the with the belt here? Is that next month? They they go to a tournament and Amaro okay. eventually wins it, and, and we'll touch on that and uh, here in a couple of weeks when we cover September. Um, tremendous! This is this is indeed bless Bobby <laughs> again, folks. Announcement regarding Bobby O'Neill at the end of the show. All right, Yokozuna is back. Bless him. Uh, we just kind of had a conversation about Jake. It was never going to end well. This story. I love Yoko, but by like. The end of 94, especially 95, he's a shell of himself. By summer 96, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it can't it's be a just, thing. Yeah, and it's he just comes shame. in and out a couple of times. He shows back up at Survivor Series, and then he's supposed to be in the Rumble in 97. He, he, he can't make it, you know. He couldn't get cleared um, at the end of his career, man. No, you know, like, man. Athletic just, commissions know. wouldn't clear him. Yeah. yeah, he just, you know, the health and weight stuff was yeah. just, was, was you know, overcoming him. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, this is this is the famous finish where the turnbuckles break. Yeah, and Austin rolls them up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um on, on the free for all of of all things. I think there you go. It's uh, it's it's just it's a sh- it's a really interesting career here because he main events WrestleMania twice. You mm-hmm. know, but unfortunately, he just he couldn't get his um he couldn't get his health in order. It's a shame, but again, though, he's a guy who while our Coverage of him has been mostly kind of like in this vein. And we both enjoy him with Owen, but mm-hmm. God bless Owen was, you know, doing yes. 90% of the work there, which, you know, yeah. he was great, obviously. Um, he was a really fun wrestler in 1992 and 1993, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really, oh, yeah. really fun. And not a guy who's going to have matches the way Vader would. No. But mm-hmm. maybe the owner of the best cutoff of all of wrestling. Wow. But Yoko's cutoff, yeah. the back elbow. I know Joe... Tries very hard to catch, and he does a good job. Yoko, mm-hmm. he had the best on it, man. It was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. just amazing stuff. And his stagger cell, yeah, one of the all-time greats. That too, absolutely. A very, very fun wrestler. That you know had had kind of a brief run on top, but was was a good time when he was. There. He never also like his matches. He never said he never lost yeah. the timing. No, man, absolutely. It's just natural. His mobility got worse and worse, obviously, but his timing yeah. was still good. Even if he had to just kind of stand in one place, his timing was still good. I like his matches with um with Duggan like a lot. Mm-hmm. But they have yeah. a couple on a European tour that are out there. If you can find yeah. them, folks, I just really and I mean Yoko had a couple of things he would do that that great spot he would do where if a guy clothesline and he would do the big thing where he would like feel like he was gonna fall. Yeah, and the people would and the just... way his eyes would move, the way he did like the yeah. facial expressions were just yeah. awesome. Yeah, he was he was a blast, man. It's, it's such a shame the way things ended up. But I, you know, he had a hell of a hell of a run on top while he was uh while he was good. So shout out to Yoko. Okay. Kevin Kelly and Mark Henry are in the promotion. You just mentioned Mark Henry. Anything else on that front? And we'll talk Kevin Kelly off. But anything else on regarding Mark Henry's Um I always forget that he was there that early. And he just mm-hmm. sort of he's just not really doing much of anything, you know. Right. Um he doesn't really get brought in regularly until the end of 97 and joins the nation. But 
Um, he's there, you know. Uh, <clears throat> and you you don't really get the feeling that he's going to be much of anything at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a long time for Mark injuries and all that other stuff before before they really kind of yeah. dive into what he's you know great at. But um, which is a long way down the road, about ten years. Um, you know, fifteen really, if you, if you include the Hall of Fame in yeah. twenty eleven. But um, I, I think he was, I think he was good. No six, great. No six, really. But um, yeah. and and like we talked about when we covered that Goldberg match in the Green Grappler, he mm-hmm. was he, he was good. No three with Teddy Long. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, he's he's got a long way to go, but he's he's around wearing those goofy hats that only wear in the nineties. He's a guy who he came really close to being a big what if. And then in the final act, they finally gave him the presentation. They simplified it and made him just him, made him a killer, you know? Yeah. And he became mm-hmm. a legend, man. People, love, people remember my Henry very fondly now. But for a while, there, it looked like he was going to be a, a what even in his own right. Like, it was just, oh, it was yeah. just they never figured it out with him. Um, even when he had figured it out, and ultimately it got there, thankfully. He'd be a good green grappler one day, I think, Oracle. Mark Henry, I think we'd have a good time. Oh, yeah, with that, absolutely. So. Um, maybe we'll get that one day. Kevin Kelly, what's he up to in the, uh, the WWF thus far? Okay, two things about Kevin Kelly. <laughs> One, whenever I think about him when I'm a kid, when I was a kid, I had Unforgiven 2000 on VHS. Mm-hmm. When Stone Cold comes back and he throws Kevin Kelly into the, like the metal oh, yeah. holes, yeah, it makes me laugh. And then the other thing oh. is, I bring it up every time we talk about him. That fucking Ring of Honor YouTube show he had. <laughs> Hello, wrestling fans. Yes. <laughs> his little his little laptop and shit. And he's yeah. He was he was there for so he was there for so long. Where Ring of Honor or WWF? Uh WWF. I, I I forget he was there for so long. It is genuinely incredible that he ended up being the voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like Kevin Kelly. Will be remembered, and he's still. By the way, I think Kevin Kelly's great now. But when it's all said and done, he will be remembered as the guy who became the U.S. voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that is fucking incredible. Who could have ever saw that coming? Here in August 1996, um, truly incredible developments. But okay, well, I'm glad he's here. Obviously, I think at one point there was hopes he would be the. Uh, the voice of the WWF after JR, but they went with Michael Cole and the rest is history. Um, speaking of the rest being history, Brett, the Hitman Hart, uh, he is hinting at a return. This is in the midst of his kind of contract uh, uncertainty. He will obviously eventually re-sign for a contract that will result in all sorts of issues. Um <laughs> Man, he has he makes a decision, unfortunately, that you know will change a lot of things. But he's hinting here, Oracle, where are we at with Brett? What's happening in, in August? Uh, real quick, uh, yes. let's answer a few questions from the chat. Mitch, I do not remember it. the Bundy Mabel will rumble pop. Uh, and I think Joe, oh, Pro Joe says a Tory. I think that's the hat I was referencing, like a style of hat or something. Like I think it's in reference to Kevin Kelly. Oh, was it? <laughs> I think so. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah. based on what I know about Kevin Kelly, I'm pretty sure. Okay, okay. okay <laughs> but, let me rephrase that. Based on what Bix knows about Kevin Kelly, okay. I'm very sure. Okay, I got you. I got you. That that that, that went over my head. There. You might, right? I don't know. Oh no, he said yes. He said yes. Okay. Right, okay. Kevin, not bad. 
Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah, but okay. So Brett, um, <laughs> Brett has <laughs> what a transition back to Brett. Um, but um, Brett, uh, he has like two interviews, right? Mm-hmm. One in April. I think we covered. Yes, we did. Yeah. He's on the tour, and then this is like his first one. He's like on a boat or something, and he's like typical, like you know, sad, you know, yeah, sad go lucky Brett. You know, not yeah. not, not happy go lucky, but sad go lucky Brett. You know, better and like Brett fucking rules, man. Yeah, he's I the remember the, like I don't remember the whole content of it, but he was just like, I know, I I, I might not come back and. It was he. He alludes that he's talking to WCW, which was kind of a crazy moment in the in the interview. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit, you know, because yeah, he says that in his live promo, right? He, that's like they build to mm-hmm. this big live promo. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. man. For anyone that doesn't know, Brett was offered nine million dollars over three years, and signed a twenty-year contract for ten million dollars. Can you repeat those numbers, folks? Nine million dollars over three years. Or ten million dollars over twenty fucking year, twenty years, and he took that latter contract, the twenty year contract, and obviously, you know, the rest is is history. But um, I think it's I think it's ten for twenty, more certain. Yeah, more certain. Right, which is, and then Vince is like, I I, I can't pay it. Of course you well, can't. Yeah, <laughs> get your ass kicked every Monday night, pal. And. uh he, you know, the one thing that does come from, from all of that maybe is... Maybe it was get, 20 for 20. I don't think it was. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Because I don't think they'd have signed a, a million-dollar downside then, you know? Yeah, not, 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 not then, you know? No. Obviously, things change very quickly. Right. I'm almost certain it's 10 for 20. But okay. um, <clears throat> can, I, can I ask one question real quick? I don't mean to... Yes. Okay, this is for Meech, but also people who were watching at the time, because I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Please help me on this. It drives me insane. I can't find all the info. If you can remember the timeline, because I know I, Meech was Meech was an East Coast guy. Help me with this. Nitro and Raw were they actually head to head from September ninety five to May ninety six, or was Nitro on first and then Raw after, or were they actually head to head? My God. I hope they were actually hit to it because otherwise I feel like I've kind of been lied yeah. to. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to make sure that I've got the correct. Um, I'm trying to make sure that I've got the correct number here. Because I'm I'm aware that once Nitro mm-hmm. goes to two hours, the first hour of Nitro is unopposed. Okay. And the second hour. Okay. They overlapped once one hour once they both went to two. I think I don't even think they were going head to head in the first six months. That's seven, eight months. hilarious. I think Nitro was on from eight to nine and Raw was nine to ten. Well, that kind of ruins the law. Um, <laughs> but th- that's why that's why they're making such a big deal about the second hour. Got ya. Because you mean when the they were when they were fire the pyro? Because remember when t- 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 is this the second hour of the hour that is. Changed or whatever. You know, the course of wrestling, because that's the one where they go head to head raw, and so it's the, it's the second hour. That makes sense, yeah. You know, because and that means in '97 there's three hours of TV. Okay, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. Meet your Joe, um, in the chat. So '97, eight to nine, you get Nitro. 
Nine to ten, they're both on. And then ten to eleven, you get the last hour of Raw on a post. Oh my god! Until and then ninety-eight. I had no idea. They're uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, folks. Yep. Um, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the official. I, I swear in Brit's book, he says ten million dollars. Um, I know it's nine from WCW, three million a year, right? But um, but nonetheless, the Hitman will obviously be back soon. And the Austin series is man pivotal in WWF history, obviously, because if he oh doesn't God, have that yes. program with Brett, it's like <laughs> insane. Um, yes. Okay. All right, folks. Let's uh let's wind down Oracle. How would you you kind of sum up August '96 for uh, for the WWF? Uh, not great, honestly. Yeah. But not terrible. Um, the 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 bearer term was a huge deal. Um, mm-hmm. you know, joining up with mankind. Things still don't look all that great until Brett comes back officially. Right. And they really start to ramp up the build a Survivor Series, and it's exciting. It's just a really strong card. Mm-hmm. Then things after Survivor Series, it, it starts. They really start to kind of throw right. things at the wall a little bit and start to really kind of work their way into into the magic that they end up making. But we're still a few months away. They're they're, they're still getting their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pretty it's cool. um, you know, they need the Hitman brother, as you said, right? That's just- it's like we all do the bit now of like Brett guys, not Sean guys. Sean's great, obviously, but Brett does bring something truly special to something. In '97, obviously, he's going to be transformative, and and right. I'm excited to cover all that and more uh, in the coming weeks and months, folks. There you go, August '96 in the books for the historical oracle. Um, lots of fun times, though, man. A lot, a lot going on. SummerSlam month. ECW had two big shows. WCW had two big shows. Obviously, WCW's running mm-hmm. well. It was a good time. Um, we will next month. We've got we've got uh, full brawl, right? Which was war games and all that comes with that. Which oh, is there's a lot oh, to yeah. get into with that one. Oh, um, yeah. Interesting times. Where else is happening in in September? Mind kind of games, Sean and Mick, oh. which is amazing. A classic match. One of the best matches of the night. He's honestly in stage, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yep. That's interesting. Okay. So good times. Um, we'll see. Kind of ECW. You know, you, you've kind of uh, you got into there. Slight dip in quality for you anyway in the in the fall. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll cover all that and more next time out. Now, folks, I do have an announcement regarding our friend Bob O'Neill. Mm. Now, Bob will be absent from this Thursday's late night grin. However, he did so many bad tweets today that I gave him a task. And this is where we're at, folks. Bob O'Neill has listed his 64 favorite wrestlers. He is currently in the process of seeding these wrestlers in a March Madness-style bracket. Oh, no. So this Thursday, the flagship program, the Late Night Grin, we will be going through the bracket of Bob, the best of Bob bracket, as we go from 64 all the way down to one, ranking Bob's best (laughs) favorite wrestlers. I don't know if you're going to be there for this article. There's four, there's four brackets, right? One to 16, yes. the yes. tournament style, like it would be mm-hmm. a basketball. Indeed. Oh, no. 
Bob Badness. Oh my God! Thank you. Don't have an ass. I'm name. getting. I'm getting. Brock's getting upset in the first round. Yeah, we got. We got to be real nasty with some of these. I feel. Apparently, Mercedes is on the bracket, so we got. We got oh. to work our magic, brother. Yeah, I just Meech. Hopefully, Bob. I don't know where Bob's at in the. I know he has the sixty-four. If he has it done, we'll try and get out there, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It'd be fun for people to fill in their own, and uh, that'll be that'll be first day show. So. There you go. I'm going to on for that one. Yeah, I'm I think on to break that I think, so. down. <laughs> I think we might need you, honestly, when we get to fucking um, Abyss and Ronda Rousey or whatever the fuck he's going to have. <laughs> whatever he's going to have waiting for us, you know. Shelton Benjamin, number oh, two Steve, yeah. some bullshit. Shelton's like going to be so high, yeah. It's so difficult because I like Sean, but he likes him so much it makes me not want to like him, you know? It's terrible. <laughs> He's so aggressive with it. Just just doing live tweets for these shitty main event matches. That he's, I mean, come on. There's have some... Oh, nonetheless. Anyway, Oracle, any final words, any plugs or promotions as we uh, as we wind down here, mate? Probably back here for this in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've got the Grin Grappler next Tuesday. It'll probably be uh, three weeks, right, because we've got Mania Week after that. So yep. probably yep. three weeks. Yep, yep, you're right about that. Three weeks. Three, yep. Three. Pro- probably uh could be it could be. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll try to do it the, the Tuesday after Mania. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't think we'll be busy with that. Uh, sometimes there's it can be we can get a little um right. busy the week after Mania, but you know, we'll see. Uh, if not, it'll be the week after that. So, you know, you know, a couple weeks. Um Grand Grappler next next uh Tuesday, mm-hmm. eight o'clock. Stang. Fight up, brother. Staying. Um, we got some. We got some cool matchups. Got some weird matchups. Good time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the flagship where we break down Bobby's bracket. Bob Badness um, is so good, man. Oh, that's the name of the show. Yeah, yeah Bob so Badness. Good. Um, so good. Bob, Bob Badness. There you go. So good. So good. <laughs> um, many a week we got something. We you know we got some stuff cooking for many a week. Folks. Yeah. We do. To answer this, okay. there will be deciding the decade. Um, there probably will be a game night. There is also a WrestleMania 19 grin along that's taking place that week because Bobby's wants okay. to do that, and I'm, I'm more Tuesday excited. Night, is there any way we can do – we can do it off the air, but mm-hmm. can we – March 28th, can we do deciding the decade at 8 o'clock on March 28th? I think it makes sense to me. I mean, we're definitely okay. going to do so that's, it. That's because I've because the way my work schedule is, I've yeah. kind of mapped out Tuesdays. Is yeah, I think that's probably when we'll do it. I mean, shows and stuff. So, so Sunday's Fed Dead will be our preview show, right? Because it just mm-hmm. makes sense. So we mm-hmm. we can kind of yep. So, um, twenty six yeah, Sunday. 26. Tuesday will probably be deciding the decade. Thursday will probably be the WrestleMania nineteen grin along. I think because mm-hmm. that week the grin is going to be on Friday after after Supercard. And I have Friday off of you know I got Friday through Monday of many weekend yeah. off for, for. The only problem with Thursday is there's a lot of shows going on. I'm trying to figure out the best way to. Hmm. Um, it depends on what shows are going on though, because Supercard of Honor yeah. is on Friday night, right? We might actually do the more I think, but is. I mean, I need to clear it, Bobby, obviously, but we might actually be best to do the, the WrestleMania 19 Grin Long, whoever's going to be on that, a week before, like the Saturday, because mm-hmm. then we just have more free free space. So mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people are going to watch the Impact show on Thursday, you know, the one with your yeah. boy Osprey on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. We've, we've got stuff on the works, folks, nonetheless. Oh, There'll be a lot yeah. going on. And, you know, we'll, I think we we'll, all we'll, we had a blast we'll last probably, year. Probably, 
you know, I, I'm sure we'll have some formal announcements sometime next week about how that yeah. stuff uh, yeah. will all pan out. And it is worth noting that we are, as of right now, intending to do actual live reviews for main, like like we did last right. year, right? We, That's, you know, it, usually we a, let it go, you know, but mainly we do yeah. live, right? We're, we're, we're going, you know, we're, we're aiming to do it. Um, hopefully, hopefully Joe can make it. I'm even willing to, if, if Joe, if Joe can't make it, cause God bless him. It's five <laughs> hours ahead. Bobby and I'll yeah. jump on there and we'll get Jay shell. I'm going to be there. Or, 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 I'm going to be, you know, whoever, but I'm, I'm just gonna, saying that just in case especially you know. this year's different last year. I, there was, I, I love the shows in the end, Yeah, but build up not man this year, that Usos tag match. I wouldn't miss that. For, I'm so excited for that. And then yeah. the second night, I'm all in on Cody and Roman. I mean, it sounds mm-hmm. like a little, so I'm gonna be watching both shows live this year. So we'll right. we'll be doing right. that. It'll be a good right. time. Um, very exciting. There's a lot to like right now, and it's just you know, it's it's a fun time. It's exciting, man. So we will make the most of it. And and uh, Mania Week last year, we swung for the fences and we hit mostly. I'm gonna try and do it again here. So lots to look forward to, folks. All right, there we go. Another historical oracle in the books. Um, August 1996, bro. We, we move ahead. We'll see you guys on this show at least in, in three weeks, but we'll probably see you both a uh, beautiful face. We'll see you on Thursday. Hopefully, hopefully Oracle, you can make that one, right? Cause that'll be, yeah, I think, I think I can, I think I can, yeah. uh, even if just in the middle of it, right? Uh, I yeah, guess, yeah. I, can, I think I can fit 90 to two in there. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> tremendous, tremendous stuff folks. Keep grinning. You've had a wonderful time with us here this evening. I'll probably try and do something tomorrow. I don't know yet my schedule, and I'm doing a show with Monty, so it may be tough. But uh, Thursday, I have nothing else. The flagship, latenightgrin.com. You know the deal. Bye now. All right. Keep grinning, folks. All how? Enjoy this outro. <laughs>